0: Hey, this is the Bud Man, and you're listening to Central Florida Real Estate Radio on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Now to our studio and your host, local real estate expert and my friend, Laura Peterson. Good morning, everybody. And I'm from your home sold guaranteed realty. And to discuss the sale of your home, you can call or text... 407-566-2555. That's 407-566-2555. So lots of great stuff that's going on in Central Florida when it comes to real estate. And I always started out with what's going on stat wise. And basically when you look at it, um, the sales of single family homes increased to 515 last week, um, up from 410 the week before. Now that's kind of amazing because it was the end of the month. And so there's always more, but the end of the month actually fell on the day that the hurricane was coming through, and it wasn't too big of an issue here, which um, was good news for all of us. But basically, it's still, um, you know, the numbers were higher and everything. So properties were able to get closed. Although I know a lot of title companies and everything were closed. And if you were in the way of the storm, then you couldn't close anyway, because of the insurance and all that kind of good stuff. So 515 closed last week. So I would expect this week might be a little bit higher as well because of that um, the median price of a single family home increased to 425,000 which it was 410 the week before and the inventory decreased by 47 and is now at 4436 for single family homes so breaking those 515 homes down 42 of them were under 250,000 43 between 250 and 300 139 between 300 and 400 Uh, 107 between 400 and 500, 154 between 500 and a million, and 30 of them over a million. So when you're looking at the months of inventory, because the, the, it was a little bit higher, it's right under two months at 1.99 months of inventory. And everything um, up to 400,000 is like 1.39, 1.18, 1.29. And then when you go 400 to 500, you've got 1.92. Then 500 to a million is 2.61. And over a million is 4.28. So they're a little skewed because the number of houses, was up a little bit and that kind of thing but roughly about two months of inventory is what we're looking at the final list to sale price was at 97.34 percent under 250 was at 96.21 then you're kind of right around 98 plus all the way up to a million. And at a million, it was at 93.94. So all the other ones are at 98 or better. And so that's kind of what's going on there. So pretty close to asking price when you're, you're looking at that. When you're looking at the condos, townhouses, and villas, they were at 149 last week and that was 128 the week before. The median price was 270, um, which is up quite a bit from the week before. I don't remember what it was, but I know it's up about 8% from the week before. But really consistent with where we've been, you know, over the last year really and condo inventory decreased by 46 there and that's at 1766. So obviously when you're looking at the condos, townhomes and villas there are a lot more of them that are under 250 the bigger percentage of them anyway. Um, There were 61 under 250,000 of the 149, 24 between 250 and 300, 32 between 300 and 400, 21 between 400 and 500, 100, um, uh, 10 between 500 and a million and one over a million. So basically the months of inventory in the condos, townhomes and villas is sitting at 2.74, a little bit higher than the single family homes. All of them are right hovering around two until you get over 300,000. Then it's at three um, and a third for both 300 to 500,000. And then at five, Um, months for 500 to a million and over a million, um, there's only 10 of them on the market, so two months of inventory there with one of them selling. Now list asking price there is pretty similar to the single family homes, 97.85 overall. Under 250 it was at 96.96. Then 98 all the way across the board up until even a million, the a little bit lower. The lowest one was 500 to a million at 97.99. so right there at that 98%. So our market is staying very, very consistent, which I think is really a good sign for buyers out there, also a good sign for sellers out there. I know the interest rates vary from week to week. They go up a little bit, they go down, they, they vary actually day to day, hour by hour. And so, um, you know, the best thing to do is when they're at a plot at a spot where it seems like it makes sense. If you can lock it in, it's it's not a bad thing to do. You can always change the interest rate. You can always refinance and everything, but. Basically, in finding that place that you call home, you know, we're here to help you in whatever way that we can and in, in letting you know what's going on in the market and then helping you navigate through it if that's what you want to do. So, if you're just joining us, you're listening to News Radio WFLA Orlando. I'm your host, Laura Peterson, Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. This is Central Florida Real Estate Radio with you every Sunday at eight o'clock. And remember, if you want to reach us, you can call or text 407- that's 407-566-2555. So a couple of interesting things that I found out there in the um, insurance world out there, and it it kind of, it's taking a front seat just because the prices are fairly significant and everything they're varying quite a bit and everything when you're looking for stuff out there. So the newer the roof, the less the policy is. I'm finding that for sure. Um, the other things that are going on is that, uh, when you're, um, Looking out there is that there was an article out there this week that said more Americans are dropping their home insurance and it says 12% of U.S. homeowners don't have property insurance. About half of them have household incomes of 40000 or less and say they can't afford it. So those people might not be the ones that should not have insurance. You know, um, basically I know that some of the wealthier people to self-insure, it just makes sense. You know, I was working with one client and it just made sense. Their premium was going to be astronomical and any um, damage that happened, they knew was going to be probably after like two or three years, you know, that, that they were going to be making money on it. And most um things that happen to it, they were going to be able to resolve for less than one years of insurance. So it's something that if you do have a loan on the property, it's going to be required. And it's kind of a big mistake not to have it if you do have a loan on it. Because what happens then is that the lender, whoever that is, whoever's servicing it, puts insurance on it and it's at a much higher rate. So you're much better off going ahead and doing it with, you know, something that you're in control of, you know, being able to control it is really makes sense and everything. But um, so there are people that are going without insurance, but you really have to look at the whole big picture. You know, what is it, what's going to happen if there is a total loss? And is it going to be something that's going to be catastrophic for you and your family? Whereas, you know, just having that insurance is going to be um, something that's important. And the state put something, the insurance commissioner's order put something in that um, insurers can't cancel or issue non-renewals to customers, uh, policies that were affected by Hurricane Idalia, and that's until October 31st. So they have some time to, you know, get their act together and get everything going and everything, you know, you don't need to be um, canceled by your insurance in the middle of a storm. So it's nice that even though it doesn't affect probably most of us here in Central Florida because we were... We avoided the, the majority of the storm and everything like that. But it's good to know that if something does happen, that you're going to be protected to at least have the time to figure out what you need to do and um, making the right decision for the future. So in order to get in touch with us, you can call or text 407-566-2555. You can find us online at centralfloridarealestateradio.com and we'll see you after the break. Uh, something that I was looking into, and it was talking about multiple offers. And you might think with the way that the market is today that that doesn't exist. And it does exist a lot of times, um, you know, today, not in every sale, but it does exist out there. And so if there are multiple offers, you know, you need to know what you need to do to get the sale. And basically, when you're looking at it and trying to figure out, you know, what's the best thing to do, and everything there are a lot of opportunities and that kind of stuff to to figure out what the best thing to do that you that you get out there but what you want to do is that you definitely want to put your best foot forward to make sure that you're the one that gets the house I mean I recently was involved in a multiple offer situation and we did get the house and um It basically came into us being smart about it and that kind of thing and and making sure that we had all of our ducks in a row and that we were doing, you know, what we needed to do to get it. Because the worst thing that you could do probably if you want to get a house is not put your best foot forward and then go, gosh, I would have bought that house for that amount of money that when it ends up selling or something. And so if there was something that you can do to make it so that you do get the house, then I think obviously that's a a good thing that you should do. One of the first things that sellers are looking at is they're looking at the amount of earnest money or the deposit that you're putting down on the house. And that's something that can set you apart from other buyers and that kind of stuff to really show how serious you are. I know a lot of times um, sellers or buyers want to put as little as possible down, um, you know, just because they want to conserve their cash or not have anything, you know, at risk. But basically, the more that you're willing to show the seller that you're serious is basically what they're looking for. Now, you do have things that are going to help you get through um, you know any stop gaps or anything that you would that would happen that you would need to back out of the deal. For example, example, there's an inspection clause on the contract that when you're doing an as is contract that if there's for some reason in the inspection, that things don't come out satisfactory, then you can get out of it for that. If you're getting financing on the loan, and for some reason you don't qualify for the loan, then you're able to get out of it as a result of that. So that money does come back to you, you know, in those circumstances and everything. If an appraisal doesn't come in the way that it needs to, and you've got an appraisal contingency, then that's another thing that that offers um, some kind of a situation for you that you're able to work on to get a better deal and that kind of stuff, you know, with the, with the seller or, or to negotiate yourself out of the deal and get your earnest money back. So basically, when it it comes down to it, though, you do want to make yourself stand out. And so the more that you put down in earnest money lets the seller know how serious of a buyer that you absolutely are. Next in line is something that you want to look at in regards to the financing offer. I know um, a lot of times people when they talk to a lender, they get what they call a pre-qualification. And a pre-qualification really isn't enough for a seller to feel confident that a buyer is able to purchase the home. If you're paying cash, you know, just showing that proof of funds, um, whether it's a part of a bank statement that you're showing them or whether it's a letter from your banker that lets them know that you've got the money to pay the house. I mean, that's even better. But a pre qualification doesn't mean generally that the lender has not really looked at everything. They've evaluated your ability to purchase based on what you've told them, not based on you know, facts. And unfortunately, what happens is that as buyers, when people are talking to lenders, they don't always tell the truth. And it's not that they're trying to tell lies or anything like that. They're just forgetting. Like, for example, if they're co-signing on a loan for one of their children or something like that, that could affect their ability to borrow because the amount that is owed on that other property, you know, for one of their children, whether it's a car or or, you know, a home or something like that, you know, that amount of the credit is actually eaten up. And so that's taken away for them to be able to purchase, you know, that amount of money. So if it's a car, maybe it's not so much, but if it's a house, it might be a big deal. So basically, if you do go ahead and you have a pre-approval, then those things have been checked. So that's what I'm saying, that buyers, when they're talking to lenders, they don't mean to exclude things because they're not paying the bill. They might have done it five years ago and they completely forgot about it, but it's still on their credit. It still affects whether or not, you know, their affordability on what they can do themselves. So when you're looking at a contractor and you're looking at an offer from somebody, You really don't like to see the pre-qualification. You really, if they're getting a loan, want to see a pre-approval that shows that everything has been checked and the only thing that has to be um, checked at this point really is the house to know that the value is there. And so that's really a big thing of what, um, you know, sellers are looking for and us as agents are looking for and me as an agent is looking for to make sure that the buyer can actually purchase the home. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to News Radio WFLA Orlando. I'm your host, Laura Peterson, Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. This is Central Florida Real Estate Radio with you every Sunday at 8 a.m. Remember, if you'd like to reach us at Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty, you can call us at 407-566-2555. And that's that you can call or text us at um, at 407-566-2555. So basically, you know what, I was talking about was doing a strong offer when there's multiple offers, but this doesn't even apply just for multiple offers, it also applies just in general when you you're putting in an offer that you want it to be accepted. And, you know, a lot of times, you you know, definitely the the sellers are first of all looking at that top line number of what are you going to pay for it, but then they're looking at other things as well. You know, when we have multiple offers on properties that we put on the market, I'm also looking at like the closing date, when that's going to be the inspection period, how long they're going to have to do that, um, you know, what the requirements are for that how long they're looking to get that loan approval and, um, you know, multiple items like that, that, that come into play, you know, are they asking for closing costs, you know, so the amount of money actually goes down, um, that, that they're going to take off of that top line number. So there's a lot of things that you need to look at. So the cleaner that you have your contract and the clearer and the more in the seller's favor, the better off you're going to be. I mean, there's one deal that I have under contract right now that we asked the seller, you know, what was important to them. Them, and they told us the closing date that they wanted to do it um, the reason is is that they're living on the west coast right now and they need to get back to um, kind of get their personal belongings out of the house and so they needed to have time to do that and it's their second home and they're going to be with their grandchildren and so that's why they're selling the house and everything like that but um, they actually were in control of the closing date you know the buyer was more flexible and said hey we can do it whenever you want. And so with that, that gave us an edge over other people in order to get that property um, done. Now, um, appraisal times, that's another thing that, that can definitely, um, you know, be something that, that makes a seller say that they want to go with your deal as well. Something that is more common today than it has been in, you know, five years ago, but it's more common today is having a uh, Uh, seller getting the seller to, allowing the seller to lease back the home many times for no money. So they can stay in it for 30 days, they can stay in it for 10 days, or whatever the case may be, but just a little bit of time that gives that seller a little bit more time. And then the Um, A really good thing that we use is the escalation clause, and I'm going to talk about that in the next segment because I'm out of time here. But in order to get in touch with us, you can call or text 407-566-2555. You can find us online at centralfloridarealestateradio.com, and we'll see you after the break. Uh, something that I was looking into, and it was talking about multiple offers. And you might think with the way that the market is today that that doesn't exist. And it does exist a lot of times, um, you know, today, not in every sale, but it does exist out there. And so if there are multiple offers, you know, you need to know what you need to do to get the sale. And basically, when you're looking at it and trying to figure out, you know, what's the best thing to do, and everything there are a lot of opportunities and that kind of stuff to to figure out what the best thing to do that you that you get out there but what you want to do is that you definitely want to put your best foot forward to make sure that you're the one that gets the house I mean I recently was involved in a multiple offer situation and we did get the house and um, It basically came into us being smart about it and that kind of thing and and making sure that we had all of our ducks in a row and that we were doing, you know, what we needed to do to get it. Because the worst thing that you could do probably if you want to get a house is not put your best foot forward and then go, gosh, I would have bought that house for that amount of money that when it ends up selling or something. And so if there was something that you can do to make it so that you do get the house, then I think obviously that's a a good thing that you should do. One of the first things that sellers are looking at is they're looking at the amount of earnest money or the deposit that you're putting down on the house. And that's something that can set you apart from other buyers and that kind of stuff to really show how serious you are. I know a lot of times um, sellers or buyers want to put as little as possible down, um, you know, just because they want to conserve their cash or not have anything, you know, at risk. But basically, the more that you're willing to show the seller that you're serious is basically what they're looking for. Now, you do have things that are going to help you get through, um, you know, any stopgaps or anything that you would that would happen that you would need to back out of the deal. For example, there's an inspection clause on the contract that when you're doing an as is contract, that if there's for some reason in the inspection, that things don't come out satisfactory, then you can get out of it for that. If you're getting financing on the loan, and for some reason you don't qualify for the loan, then you're able to get out of it as a result of that. So that money does come back to you, you know, in those circumstances and everything. If an appraisal doesn't come in the way that it needs to, and you've got an appraisal contingency, then that's another thing that that offers um, some kind of a situation for you that you're able to work on to get a better deal and that kind of stuff, you know, with the, with the seller or, or to negotiate yourself out of the deal and get your earnest money back. So basically, when it, it comes down to it, though, you do want to make yourself stand out. And so the more that you put down in earnest money lets the seller know how serious of a buyer that you absolutely are. Next in line is something that you want to look at in regards to the financing offer. I know um, a lot of times people when they talk to a lender, they get what they call a pre-qualification. And a pre-qualification really isn't enough for a seller to feel confident that a buyer is able to purchase the home. If you're paying cash, you know, just showing that proof of funds, um, whether it's a part of a bank statement that you're showing them, or whether it's a letter from your banker that lets them know that you've got the money to pay the house, I mean, that's even better. But a pre-qualification doesn't, means generally that the lender has not really looked at everything. They've evaluated your ability to purchase based on what you've told them, not based on, you know, facts. And unfortunately, what happens is that as buyers, when people are talking to lenders, they don't always tell the truth. And it's not that they're trying to tell lies or anything like that. They're just forgetting. Like, for example, if they're co-signing on a loan for one of their children or something like that, that could affect their ability to borrow because the amount that is owed on that other property, you know, for one of their children, whether it's a car or, you know, a home, or something like that, you know, that amount of the credit is actually eaten up. And so that's taken away for them to be able to purchase, you know, that amount of money. So if it's a car, maybe it's not so much, but if it's a house, it might be a big deal. So basically, if you do go ahead and you have a pre-approval, then those things have been checked. So that's what I'm saying, that buyers, when they're talking to lenders, they don't mean to exclude things because they're not paying the bill. They might have done it five years ago and they completely forgot about it, but it's still on their credit. It still affects whether or not you know their affordability and what they can do themselves. So when you're looking at a contractor and you're looking at an offer from somebody, You really don't like to see the pre-qualification. You really, if they're getting a loan, want to see a pre-approval that shows that everything has been checked and the only thing that has to be um, checked at this point really is the house to know that the value is there. And so that's really a big thing of what, um, you know, sellers are looking for and us as agents are looking for, me as an agent is looking for to make sure that the buyer can actually purchase the home. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to News Radio, WFLA Orlando. I'm your host, Laura Peterson, Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. This is Central Florida Real Estate Radio with you every Sunday at 8 a.m. Remember, if you'd like to reach us at Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty, you can call us at 407-566-2555. And that's that you can call or text us at um, at 407-566-2555. So basically, you know, what I was talking about was doing a strong offer when there's multiple offers. But this doesn't even apply just for multiple offers. It also applies just in general, when you're putting in an offer that you want it to be accepted. And, you know, a lot of times, you you know, definitely the, the sellers are first of all looking at that top line number of what are you going to pay for it, but then they're looking at other things as well. You know, when we have multiple offers on properties that we put on the market, I'm also looking at like the closing date when that's going to be the inspection period, how long they're going to have to do that. Um, you know, what the requirements are for that, how long they're looking to get that loan approval and, um, you know, multiple items like that 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 come into play. You know, are they asking for closing costs? You know, so the amount of money actually goes down um, that that they're going to take off of that top line number. So there's a lot of things that you need to look at. So the cleaner that you have your contract, and the clearer and the more in the seller's favor, the better off you're going to be. I mean, there's one deal that I have under contract right now that we asked the seller. You know, what was important to them? and they told us the closing date that they wanted to do it. Um, The reason is, is that they're living on the West Coast right now and they need to get back to kind of get their personal belongings out of the house. And so they needed to have time to do that. And it's their second home and they're going to be with their grandchildren. And so that's why they're selling the house and everything like that. But um, they actually were in control of the closing date. You know, the buyer was more flexible and said, hey, we can do it whenever you want. And so with that, that gave us an edge over other people in order to get that property um, done. Now, um, appraisal times, that's another thing that, that can definitely, um, you know, be something that, that makes a seller say that they want to go with your deal as well. Something that is more common today than it has been in, you know, five years ago, but it's more common today is having a uh, uh, sell getting the seller to allowing the seller to lease back the home many times for no money so they can stay in it for 30 days they can stay in it for 10 days or whatever the case may be but just a little bit of time that gives that seller a little bit more time and then the Um, A really good thing that we use is the escalation clause, and I'm going to talk about that in the next segment because I'm out of time here. But in order to get in touch with us, you can call or text 407-566-2555. You can find us online at com, and we'll see you after the break. Catching myself in the middle of that right there, but uh, anyway, I wanted to go over what was what some home inspection myths and misconceptions. And one of the things that I think is really important, you know, for everybody out there, whether you're buying or selling, if you own a home, uh, you know, I've talked about insurance even a little bit earlier in the show. And one of the things that I think that even if you've owned a home more than four years and you haven't had an inspection you might want to ask your insurance people if you had a wind mitigation or a four-point inspection, if that would help in the cost of your home home insurance. And many times it will. So the four-point inspection is one that comes in and checks the electrical, the plumbing, the roof, and the AC. And so those are the four things that they check on the four-point inspection. And if everything passes, then that generally helps out in the premium that you're paying on your homeowner's insurance. So that's one thing. Um, The other thing is uh, wind mitigation. And why they have to do this every four years, I'll never really understand, but they do. And so what they come in and they go into the attic and they check to make sure that the roof is tied down properly and generally... You know, you're not going to have the the way that the roof is tied down to the to the rest of the house that changes in those four years, unless you had a new roof or something like that. But um, you know, basically, they still have to have it every four years. So they come in and they check multiple things that that happen for wind mitigation that are going to um, minimize the claims that come into effect if there is some kind of a wind event for a hurricane. So those are things that if you're um, living in your house and you've been there for a while that I would strongly suggest that you do. I did that this year on my house and it ended up saving me over a thousand dollars on my insurance premium just by doing that. And the cost for that was about $200, maybe 250 and for having both of those reports. But what it did is save me $1,000 for the first year, and then it should save me 1000 for every year for the next three years. So for a $250 um, investment, it ended up saving four grand. So, um, that's a good return for me. So regardless if you're purchasing a new home or not, that might be something that you want to, um, to, to look at. But these are home inspection missing and, and misconceptions that happen. And, um, what a home inspection is, is it is, a uh, picture in time and that's all it is just plain and simple um, looking at it of today what's going on and how is everything looking on that particular home and so um, basically what the the bottom line is is that they don't determine whether a house passes or fails they just evaluate the condition of a home and report the defects ultimately it's up to you to decide whether um, the defects are something that are going to, you know, bother you or not. I mean, basically, a lot of times things are done with pictures and videos and everything today. So you know exactly, you know, what people are talking about, you know, 15, 20 years ago, when they did home inspections, everything was just written out, and they didn't take the pictures necessarily with it. And so they could say there is a hole in the wall, and you'd be going, wow, well, what kind of hole is it? Well, it could be just a nail hole in the wall, or um, they put a screw in or something like that, or it could be like a fist through the wall. And there's a big difference between a hole in the wall that's a big one like that, or just a nail hole that somebody put in there. So basically, you know, being able to see the inspectors have come a long way in regards to to doing that and that kind of thing. So um, home inspectors, um, are looking for defects that could affect the safety of your home or family. Uh, so code inspections, on the other hand, look for compliance with certain building standards. So they're looking, you know, basically um, most home inspectors, when they do it, they come out with a list that are things that are warnings or things that are need attention or things that you should look for or maintenance or whatever and so it's all of those things that, that you want to look at. Um, the seller does not repair every defect the home inspector finds. There are in the regular contract, as I call it, there's a, there's a contract and then there's an as-is contract. So the regular one is the one that is not as-is. But in that contract, it's spelled out very clearly what things have to be repaired, you know, on the contract, and there are limits that go in there too in the in the amount of money that that will have to be spent on that. And if you go over that limit, then the contract, um, you know, could fall apart and everything like that. But as long as you're within those limits, then the buyer is obligated to move forward. So, but today most people do use the as-is contract, and so with that. Um, you know, if a defect is found, then we negotiate, renegotiate and everything at that point in time, what has to be done. So um, that's something to just keep in in mind and and look at and everything. And um, if it's something that's going to affect whether you can get a loan or whether you can get insurance, then obviously that's something that probably the seller is going to fix regardless. Um, One thing that you do need to know is that new construction homes should be inspected as well. Um, There's, you know, I just recently sold a new construction home and, and the inspector came out there and, and found quite a few things that they were able to fix in time you know, for the closing, but just like the hot and cold being reversed and there was a piece of the carpet that wasn't, um, you know, applied properly and and different things like that. And the AC unit and that one actually needed to be replaced, even though it was a brand new home. So it was very... um, wise for the buyer to get that inspection and it definitely you know helped out and everything like that to make sure that when she got there that she felt like everything was under control because it obviously was Um, another thing home inspectors do not determine the value of a home they're just telling what it looks like at that point in time and they don't automatically check for termites that's something that is an additional service that you can pay them for but not something that they normally necessarily do. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to News Radio WFLA Orlando. I'm your host, Laura Peterson, Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. This is Central Florida Real Estate Radio with you every Sunday at 8 a.m. Remember, if you'd like to reach us, you can call or text 407-566-2555. That's 407-566-2555. So it's now time for us to talk about our property of the week. And um, this is a condo and everything, and it's listed at 265 which is below 270 which was our um, median price for, for condos this week. And basically, this is a property that's a three-bedroom, two-bath, um, does not have a garage, but it does have um, a parking spot. And the thing is, is that it's freshly freshly painted, brand new um, vinyl floor. The vinyl plank is what it is, that wood-looking stuff that looks great and pretty much indestructible. So that's awesome. It's lakefront unit. And it has, so it has a great view and everything on there. It's on the second and third floor in a man-gated community in in the middle of Orlando and um, basically it's um, you know a great gated community that's that's got two swimming pools and um, a 24-hour 4,000 square foot fitness center um, indoor basketball court and a lot more and so this property is listed at 265,000 like I said it's a three-bedroom two-bath great property, um, great view that's got a view of the water, and um, just a a great property. If that's something that um, might be of interest to you, just go ahead and give us a call. But our time is up for the week. So in order to get in touch with us, you can call or text 407-566-2555. You can find us online at centralfloridarealestateradio.com. And we'll see you next week. I hope you have a great one. Bye-bye.